Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. All right, Dr. Christie's here, and and I am so excited. And Christie, you know what? I've been having good night's sleeps. I I had trouble sleeping last night, and... Mm. And I couldn't pinpoint why until I woke up and I looked at my calendar and it said 10 a.m. Dr. Christie. I was probably so excited. That totally I, must have been it. I had to be. The anticipation kept me up at night. I was so so now we're here. And we, we It was a full moon, Drew. It, so. All right, there there we we just got <laughs> our answers. Thank you. See, this is why I like talking to you. I learned so much. So so Christy, I, I I we haven't known each other for a long time and, and actually I thank uh I think it was Frank Egan who introduced us and I gotta thank him again. Um but we've we connected right away and, and it's it's been great every time I speak with you. And so I figured you have such an awesome message. I need to share it with more than just myself. So that's why I wanted you on today. Well, so. thank you for having me, Drew. I always enjoy our chats as well. So I hope I can provide some value to whoever's listening. Oh, you certainly will. So I always, I, I, I really would like, like to start, um, I'm big into defining moments and challenges and how people get through them. And so I'd like you to just w- start whatever part of your life you want to start with that uh, really helps people get to the essence of, of you and, and the challenges you've overcome that have helped you become who you are today. Yeah, to me, Drew, that question, I mean, we're all overcoming something, right? All the time. Right. It's ever-changing. And I, I would say I actually have two kind of defining moments. One of them is more business-related. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is more personal. And so I can actually hit on both of them. Sure. Uh, t- in 2019 was when I feel like I hit my financial and business entrepreneurial rock bottom, so okay. to speak. Mm-hmm. So almost exactly four years ago. Um. I had plenty of self-limiting belief systems in my head that I could not be a successful businesswoman, run a practice, and be a successful mom at the same time. We were just talking about this before we jumped on, right? Yeah, just this absolutely. idea that there's this work-life balance idea, and it's all an illusion. Mm-hmm. But I very strongly had it in my head that I couldn't do both. And in 2019, it really all came to a head where every single account that we had was down to zero. My business checking account, our personal savings, our personal checking, zero. And my phone bill was due. And I had to swallow my pride and ego and call a friend and say, hey, this is the situation I'm at. Can I please borrow some money just to pay our phone bill? Because I had three kids. I can't risk not having you know a phone that's functional in a, for a couple of days. Right. So that was really, it was embarrassing. It was, mm-hmm. and and I remember feeling in that moment just, I never want to do this again. I'm so over this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm just, I'm so tired of not feeling like I can cope with life from a financial aspect of things. And in that moment, I think something finally shifted in me. And really being very honest, that this is not the first time. 2019 was not the first time that that had happened. Okay. But it was the first time that I had the moment of, you know, Drew, am I allowed to swear on here? <laughs> I forgot you to ask you before swear we as done. much as you like. Great. I really had that moment at that time where I said, really, fuck this. I'm done. I, I can't do it anymore. So in after that, 
I started changing some things. I started changing who I was. I went to different seminars. I met with various colleagues. And instead of pretending like I had it all together, I was really vulnerable and real with these people and said, look, I don't have it all together. I've been in practice for 10 years and I feel like it's my first year of practice. Help me do what I'm not doing. Wow. And I got the help and support that I needed. And from that moment till now, my business has over tripled in income and patience. And I don't say that to brag. I say it just because I feel like I was always a good physician. I was always a good person. I was always providing good quality Mm -hmm. care to people. Mm -hmm. I just was holding myself back in the process. And so I was, I'm just incredibly grateful looking back from that moment to now, how I was able to turn it around and I was able to put the right support systems and resources in place to provide me things that were stepping stones to get where I am now. Because I definitely couldn't have done it alone. But I, I also could not have done it by faking it, which yeah. is what I had done up until that point. Well, that, that's another um, cliche that, again, is a myth that uh, fake it until you make it. That is the worst advice anybody can ever give anybody because it takes away your authenticity. Mm-hmm. And so- yeah, I used to live by that phrase and I have now grown to hate it. I and I changed it to face it till you ace it. Face it till you ace it. You hear that, everybody? <laughs> that is the new phrase. All right. Face it until you ace it. I love that, Christy. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. also had a personal challenge too, huh? Yeah. The other kind of semi-defining moment. And, and honestly, I would actually say the 2019 business perspective of things also is what channeled me to write the book that I eventually wrote uh, that was published in 2021. Um, Tell the audience, we will get into what Dr. Christie does professionally. We will talk about the book. We're leading to it. There's a method to my madness. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to create the suspense so that they listen to the end, right? Yep. Anticipation's the best. Go ahead. So when I when I was trying to figure out if I was going to write this book or not, I actually, the reason I wrote it in the first place was because I wanted to start doing workshops and doing seminars to reach moms and parents Mm -hmm. because of my personal struggles. I had recognized that um, this is, you know, for my oldest son is now 12 and a half, but when he was born doing what I did and being in healthcare and being holistic and doing all the things that I do and know how to do, I didn't think that postpartum depression could happen to me. Okay. But it did, and it knocked me on my ass. Oh, and it it wasn't nearly as as bad as some people experience because I didn't even know that it was happening to of me. Of course, that's usually what happens, though. Too, you don't you don't realize it. I had no clue. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would go to the various appointments, and they'd give you the little quiz, and you'd mm-hmm. answer all the questions, and I passed, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I remember a defining moment there where I think my son was twenty months old, like twenty twenty two, like just before he turned two years old. And I was having some conversation with my husband and I sat there and went, huh, I think I'm depressed. And it just, and it was like, is this possibly still postpartum stuff? And, and then I looked back through the last two years and said, yeah, it sure is. Cause I've been in this cloud and this daze yeah. where I've literally taken myself out of the equation of my life. My needs don't matter. My desires don't matter. Right. Nothing about what I do right now exists except for raising my son. Yeah. No, I want to reach back to you mentioned about the quiz in the office. Mm -hmm. And to me that if if they didn't have a conversation with you and dive deeper into your responses, if they just gave you a quiz, that's a disservice to the mothers who just had a baby. If they're really trying to find out if there's postpartum depression, I hope that's in these practices. 
That's a really good point. I can tell you it's changed when I work with, you know, pregnant and then postpartum yeah. women in my office. I, I ask tons of questions. And and the fact of the matter is I really believe most women experience something because there's so much hormonal shifts. Oh, yeah. There's oh, so much to. And spiritual and energetic mental, mental depletion. Strain. You're, you're now a mother. you got a human life there that you just gave birth to yeah. after nine months. And now it's like, okay, they're on the outside world. Now i got to keep them safe. And uh, right. I can't even imagine as a guy what it's like. You know, mm-hmm. she's it, it's pretty crazy. I can tell you that. much. And <laughs> and then you enter in all the cultural expectations of now what now has to happen because you're now this mother and you're now this, you know, ruler of another human life that you have to keep alive and safe and support. Right. I, I was in the position of, OK, I literally I don't matter anymore. And I remember my husband asking me what I wanted for my birthday. And I was like, birthday, I don't have a birthday this year. Like it, it went so deep that I literally just was like, I don't matter. Um, and I don't want anyone to ever have to experience or feel that way so that's because a, that's a message to the, to the men out there. If your new, if your wife, new mother says my birthday doesn't exist this year, she doesn't, <laughs> she needs some help. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, seriously. Yes, you do. Man. Yeah. Yes. Your birthday. I, I, I probably didn't say those words, but it was, <laughs> it was paraphrased, but yeah, nonetheless, I it was, it. It was it was definitely rough, and I rec- remember just going through all that and turning it around. Mm. Um, I mean, and there were a lot of you know other reasons. I think it built up to that my thyroid was off. I mean, okay. so functionally and health wise speaking, um, knowing what I know now, looking back twelve years ago, there's a lot of, of other things I could have done. Mm-hmm. But I was in the practice of treating other people, not treating myself at the time. Yes, and that's really where the biggest. Um, lesson lesson was for me so how'd you turn it around i got real with myself again okay and uh a little bit of it was seeing a colleague and you know just getting some is not true was not treating myself anymore because you know on one hand yes doctor heal thyself and i really believe in a lot of ways i'm actually there's so many things that are coming through my head right now um i'm working on some other things right now that are going to be pushing out the message that we are all in control of our own healing journey. Of course, We can't rely on any doctor, physician, naturopath, therapist, anyone to do the medication, (laughs) nutrition, even like supplements and whatnot. We can't rely on a bottle or another human being Mm -hmm. to do the healing we need to do ourselves. And that doesn't mean we can't get support along the way. And so I definitely got a handful of support systems, but then I also went within and did a lot of healing with myself to figure out what was really there mm-hmm. over all those years. And then by the time I had my second son, it was a total, total game changer. And I go through all these stories in my book yeah. because especially from a postpartum woman standpoint, like it's really important. I believe in one of my biggest chapters in there is all about self-care, just mm-hmm. to be sure that you're putting yourself first, you're taking care of yourself, you're pu- you're filling your own cup so that you can give to the family and the people in your life. Right. Um, so that's a lot of my message and that's what I've used my experience and then even professionally with other patients who've gone through similar things to write the book. And what I'd like to bring forward to people is you have to, you know, you have to make sure that you are the most healed version of yourself to yeah. take care of the world. Yeah, absolutely. So and that's always a, still yeah. happening. <laughs> no, it always, we're, we're a work in progress. So I'll give you a choice. You want to tell people about what you do for a living or you want to talk about the book, your choice. Oh, well, will I do both eventually? <laughs> yes. You're going to be just matters of which order. Anyway, let's, let's do the business one. Let's tell people what okay. you do um, p- 
professionally to help people. Sure. Thanks. So I am a holistic chiropractor. I practice in Wilmette, Illinois, which is a Chicago suburb. Mm -hmm. And when people hear chiropractor, they think, oh, you crack bones. There it goes. There's much more to it than that. The holistic standpoint of things, I use a system called applied kinesiology, which indicates that I use muscle testing to determine what part of someone's body needs the most attention. Mm -hmm. And every muscle in the body actually correlates with different organ systems. And so while you might come in and say, I have a shoulder issue, it hurts when I do this. Okay, let's go in there. We'll test every single muscle and I might find this muscle's off and this muscle's off, but these two are tight or okay. Well, then I can look beyond just the structure and see, okay, well, this is a lung related muscle Mm -hmm. and this is a stomach related muscle. What else is going on in your life? What else is going on in nutrition? What else is going on with your family, your work and take a big picture to see what's really at the root cause of your shoulder pain. Because more often than not, when I say there's chemical issues, structural issues, and emotional issues that impact people's lives and how things manifest in their bodies, it's really a matter of looking at that three-dimensional approach to determine what the situation is and how to help the person in front of me. Because it's not a protocol. I don't have a cookie-cutter approach to anything that comes into my office, whether it's a headache or a shoulder or a low back or diabetes or digestive issues. So I will frequently treat things that you would traditionally go to a medical doctor for, but we do it naturally without drugs, without medications or surgery. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my passion for sure. I, I mean, I, I love that because we're all, our, our bodies and minds are connected. And, to, and there are a lot of um, practitioners who treat one or the other. And I, mm-hmm. I, I never really understood that. Um, and so I love that holistic chiropractic, I guess, I don't know what the term is, but it is, is mainstream now because it took so mm-hmm. long for the battle between Eastern and Western medicine in this country for Eastern medicine to be accepted. I mean, e- Eastern medicine has been around a lot longer than Western medicine. So mm-hmm. the, the alternative medicine is the Western medicine. <laughs> right. Agreed. I, it, it really has come full circle and I cannot remember this quote but you may have reckon remember it yeah. it's like thousands of years ago it was eat this root eat this herb and then it changed into take this medication do this mm-hmm. and then then at the end of it it's like okay well now eat this root and this herb again it's like so it's goes we back. come yep. full mm-hmm. circle yeah um I, uh before we get into the book because i do want to talk about that you presented at at my men's supporting men collaboration tribe. And there's something that's stuck in my head, if you don't mind mentioning, about mm-hmm. the seven top doctors. I absolutely loved, I mean, I loved your whole presentation. Can you just like the the Cliff Notes version of the seven top doctors? Because I think that's something that's going to be very valuable for the audience. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So there are seven doctors that I recommend everyone see on a regular basis. And they will, they supersede any other real quote unquote doctors that people would see in an office setting. The first one is sunlight. I have some coming in my window right now and it feels great. Natural sunlight, right. Natural sunlight, real sunlight. And sometimes people get fearful of, oh, aren't you worried about skin cancer? I'm not telling you to go lay outside in Mexico for 12 hours without sunscreen. That that would be really harmful to your skin. But 15 minutes to even an hour, depending on where you're at and how what the level of your skin is, is really beneficial, not just for vitamin D production, but for serotonin production and just an overall feeling of 
energy and mood shift. I mm-hmm. think most people can recognize you feel way different when it's sunny out. Right. We just do. So, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I, you know, people take these vitamin D supplements and tell the audience, if I'm correct, that natural sunlight, vitamin D from natural sunlight is much more healthier for you than the thing in the pill, right? 100%. I, I have several patients that their bodies are actually healthy enough. We live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I have several patients that their bodies are healthy enough that they don't need to take vitamin D supplements, which I think is crazy amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that category yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely still have to supplement. But if we can get all of our vitamin D from the sun, right. that's much healthier. It's a much more natural form because while we can do all we can to get supplements, to me, supplements are supplemental to a good diet. And so if we can get most of what we need through the food that we eat or from the sun that we get exposed to, we're going to be better off for it because no matter how hard we try, we can't get everything in the same way that we would normally get through nature through a pill. Okay. Good point. So we got number one there, natural sunlight. Number two. Number two is just fresh air. So literally just getting outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't care if it's zero degrees or a hundred degrees. My walks Monday through Friday in the morning through my forest preserve are not negotiable. Okay. It's been part of my self-care routine for quite some time. And I've grown to just love it too much. It, it's, it rarely gets skipped. Okay. And it's literally just to get outside and breathe fresh air. Okay. Very invigorating. I do a lot of grounding as well. When the ground is not completely frozen, um, it is pretty muddy right now. So I skipped it this morning. Right. But I will also... Um, just take a walk in my yard barefoot and just being outside in the elements is critical. Yeah. So I, that's number I, two. That is, that's great. And, and I heard that even 15 minutes of, of fresh air is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is about these seven doctors, Drew, is this is all common sense, right? I mean, we, we can sit here and know mm-hmm. we feel better if we open our window and breathe the fresh air versus oh, yeah. just breathing our stagnant air. Absolutely. But we don't always think about it, so it's mm-hmm. it's important to remember. Make it a habit. Okay, so we got we got two there. Who's doctor number three? Let's go with sleep. Ah, you said you had a rough night's sleep last night because you yeah. were so excited about our talk today. Yes, um, sleep's important. Yeah. It's where we regenerate, where we uh, where our brain transitions and integrates everything from our previous day or previous mm-hmm. week, stores long term memory. The, it's a sleep is a very active process, okay. but we require it in order to be functional the next day. Um, to in order to have you know opportunities for weight loss, if you're trying to do that sort of thing, like if you don't have good quality sleep, it's going to impact almost every area of your life. Okay, yeah. You, so you talked about the quality over quantity. People can mm-hmm. sleep if they sleep twenty hours doesn't necessarily mean that was quality sleep, right? Right. I believe it's important to to dream. We talked about that before Absolutely. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean remembering your dreams, because right. I feel like remembering your dreams is just a function of when you wake up at mm-hmm. what point in your sleep cycle. Right. Um, but I can I can know, at least within myself, if I've been dreaming or not, whether or not I remember the dreams. Because you had a, you wake up refreshed. You feel like you got a good night's sleep, right? That means you could have dreamt or something. Is that why? It's, it's definitely a little bit of that, but, and this is a very hard thing to describe, but for me, at least I just, I know that I've dreamt. It's like, I can feel in my brain that it was working and doing stuff through the night. 
Um, I can't explain it any better than that, unfortunately. I'll try sometime. Yeah. No, uh, what you say is is really impactful, and I, I want the audience to realize that, that the brain is highly active when we're sleeping, as mm -hmm. are a lot of our other internal organs. I, I remember even like the liver is, you know, because I know that I take cholesterol medicine, and I'm told to take it at night because the cholesterol meds I take are, meta are, are metabolized by the liver and the liver is act most active when I'm sleeping. I'm like, that's mm. interesting. That's what the doctor told me that. I'm like, wow, okay. I like to know the why behind this kind of stuff, you know? That's fascinating. I know we're going to take a quick tangent here, but that's really fascinating to me because if your Western doctor told you that in Chinese medicine yeah. world, um, there's the meridians in the organ system cycle through with their highest energy in a 24 hour clock fashion. Okay. And liver time is one to 3am. So yeah, it, it was actually a so, who told me that. Okay. Which so is, that's, I'm not surprised because MDOs yeah. and DOs have different training and DOs are more holistic about the whole body. So I'm not surprised. It was my doctor. Yeah. doctor about, is that osteopathy? Is that what yeah. yeah. That's great that they're telling you that. And yeah. on a side note, I'd love for you not to have to take the cholesterol medication. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I I would too, and uh, and I'm working on that. So maybe you can help me. That it's it's my yeah. We can chat diet later. and exercise, which I'll need help on. <laughs> All right, so we got we got the top three. What's who's the fourth top doctor? Fourth top doctor, I would say, is exercise. Okay. Now, once again, just like sleep, it would be quality and quantity. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. So I'm once again, we're not talking a protocol cookie cutter approach. Right. Every person is different. So if I'm talking to somebody who just had a baby six weeks ago, mm -hmm. it's going to be a very different exercise regimen than if I'm talking to you and where you're, and if you, if, if I'm talking to somebody who's literally just coming off a completely sedentary lifestyle, or mm -hmm. if they've been active and injury free and super healthy for the last 20 years, right. very different. Okay. Some people can handle that hit training. Other people really just need simple walks. It really just depends. One thing I can offer is I use a, a formula for your heart rate mm -hmm. from Dr. Phil Maffetone, okay. a colleague of mine. He says, take 180 and subtract your age. Oh. And that should be the top level of the heart rate when you're exercising aerobically speaking. That keeps you in the stress-free zone, so to speak. Right. It gives your card, your uh, heart the best cardiovascular function, okay. helps you burn, sugar, burn fat instead of sugar, and it, it, it allows exercise to be a stress reducer, not a stress creator. Okay. Now, there's some wiggle room within that, once again, depending on who you are, what injuries you may have had in your history, right. but that's a good approximation. So if you're 40, your range, so to speak, should be between like 130 and 140 beats per minute. Okay. All right. And then there are, and there are devices that tell us what our heart rate mm -hmm. is, right? That's okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Those are those little Fitbit things yeah, that I don't recommend wearing all the time. That's but... why I got to, I got to hang out with you more often. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we got, that's the four. We need three more top doctors. Who's number five? Number five would be water. Ooh. So quality and quantity of water. Quantity, I recommend about half your body weight in ounces per day. So half if, your body weight in ounces mm -hmm. per day. Got it. Okay. Okay. So let's say you weigh 160 pounds. That's 80, 80 ounces a day. Now here's the catch. If you drink caffeine or alcohol, those things are diuretics and they deplete your body of water. So I recommend adding those ounces back in. Thank so you if for you're clarifying 100... that. I told my 21-year-old <laughs> yeah. son, Matthew, that. He goes, but dad, there's coffee and that's there's water in there. So I don't understand that. The diuretic piece. Okay, so it, that, that's the important piece I got to mm -hmm. tell him. Okay. Now, there's a lot of people and a lot of sources that say that's not necessary to do. This is just my opinion. And 
So yeah, um, like that. that's that's what I tend to recommend. And the reason I, I kind of go above and beyond on this because it is important. There's an entire book. I cannot remember the author right now, but it's called Your Body's Many Cries for Water. Okay. More often than not, I find people dehydrated in my office. It's very, very occasional. I'd say one or two percent of people are actually drinking enough water or too much water. All right. So quality water and quantity of water is important. We got five there. Six? Diet. Diet. Ah, diet. Okay. (laughs) Tell me about that. Good old diet. And I don't recommend going on a quote-unquote diet. When we talk about diet, I'm just saying what you're eating. Uh, It's really just about – my biggest promotion on that is eat real food. Don't eat stuff that comes out of a package. Eat things that you could reasonably find or pick in nature because okay. that's what we were designed to consume. I would say, if you've ever taken your kids to the zoo and it says, do not feed the animals and you're eating a Cheeto or a Dorito, oh, and you throw, would, yeah, you, would you throw that's a cheater, Cheeto or a Dorito to you know an, um, a monkey or a lion? Yeah. No, you'd get in trouble by the, the zoo staff and it's not what they would normally eat. Right. But we're animals too. Yeah. Our bodies aren't designed to eat that garbage either. So we shouldn't be doing it. Okay, that's great. Yeah. That's a great public service announcement, everybody. <laughs> Sorry about you Cheeto lovers, but okay. So that's helpful. So number seven. Number seven, and I believe it's the most important, is joy. Joy. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Joy. I, I agree. That's huge. Um, we usually neglect our mental health. So tell me about joy. Joy, I believe, is, while I will never say diet's not important and water's not important, exercise and all the other ones we've mentioned are not important, mm-hmm. I do believe this one's the most important. Um, I reference this study a lot. There was a study done, I believe it was Ohio State University in the 60s, and they say they were doing the study to deter- to show and illustrate that cholesterol and heart disease is impacted by the food that these bunnies were going to consume. So they took two groups of bunnies and they said, this group's going to have a great diet, this one's going to have a poor diet, and now we're going to show the poor diet one had heart disease. But that didn't completely happen. Hmm. Some of the bunnies ended up not developing heart disease. And when they looked into that subgroup, subset group that did not, that was the group that was taken out and pet and played with every day because oh the goodness. researchers, they were more accessible. Right. And so they had love and affection and joy in their lives. And so that it was enough to offset what they were consuming. I love that. And thinking deeper in that, when people are getting love and affection, I'm sure that improves the, the, their self-worth, what they, how they feel about themselves, because they feel loved. And when you feel loved and you feel respected, then you tend to love and respect yourself. And if you do so, then you're going to treat your body and mind a little better by nourishing it with healthy things. Because I've known people who, exactly, when they find out what they consume, whether it's mentally or physically, if they don't feel good about themselves, they don't feel like they deserve good stuff so that they neglect themselves. That's really deep. I love that. Thank you for that. Exactly. Mental, emotional health and physical health is absolutely a two-way street. It goes both ways. It absolutely does. All right, so I'm definitely going to uh, I'll list those seven um, in the order you gave them on the uh, the show notes, if that's okay with you. Perfect. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, audience, time to talk about the book. Tell us about your book. Book is called Coordinating the Chaos Through Birth and Burnout. So this first one, you know, if anybody has kids out there, uh, you recognize that the chaos doesn't end, you know, after birth. So there's going to be a series. I'm actually working on book two right now. But through birth and burnout is the first one. It's really dedicated more towards the postpartum mother or even the postpartum father to 
really help support that first year or so of life after you have a child. And it helps the woman through some of those hormonal challenges like we talked about earlier. Um, And then it also just helps really provide some tips and tricks to keep the baby healthy in that first year or so. Um, There's a lot of challenges that frequently come up, whether it's colic or rashes, what have you. And I just, I, I go in there and really give people who are reading what I would do if it were my kids and what I've given to patients in my office. Mm-hmm. All my, my kids, my boys are 12, nine and almost seven. Okay. And not one of them has ever taken an over the counter medication mm-hmm. or an antibiotic for anything. Okay. Now that's not to say they haven't been sick. Okay. Stuff happens, life happens, yeah. but I've have other tools that I've used to help them get over these things and they're really healthy for it. Well, that, that is, I wish, well, you can't fix the past, but my gosh, where were you when uh, our kids were young? So a question for you, as a father and as, uh, you know, and, and um, when, when my uh, wife had our first kid, we both believed now she had postpartum depression and didn't realize it. For that first time father, what are some things that the father should be looking out for for his wife so he could bring it to her attention So Christy, so as as a father, I wish I had I knew some of the things to look out for to help my wife. Um, what if you were you're talking to some first time fathers or even uh, seasoned fathers? What should the father be looking for um, to maybe help his wife? Because you don't know what you don't know, and even if the husband's going to risk the wife snapping at him and saying, "Leave me alone," men should be helping their their wives if they catch something. What are some things we should be looking for? Yeah, it, that's a really hard question to answer, honestly. It's not, a, I, to me at least, it's not about what they're looking for. It's okay. just about what they provide. Okay. Um, And this, I mean, the first thing that actually comes to my mind here is knowing your spouse mm-hmm. enough and what she's normally like and what she would ordinarily need okay. from you as her partner. Um. One of the biggest things that I believe saved my marriage is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I don't know if you've heard of his book. book. Yeah, my wife and I read that. Yep. Um, it really helped us a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this was only like three years ago or so that I read that and was able to get all that I could out of it. You applied this stuff for it. I'm divorced now, so we read it and didn't apply, which we should. We definitely applied it. Good for and you. if I had known all about it back when I was newly postpartum, yeah. I think it would have helped us more. Sure, absolutely. Um, but our love languages are complete opposites. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are his number one and two are my last number, number okay. one and two. Yep. And my number one and two are his last number one and two. So it's, if, if message sent is not being message received, yeah. your wife's going to feel unsupported. Okay. And so if, she, if what she needs the most, and I'll actually say this as well in those early days, postpartum, and even into toddlerhood, moms are touched out, especially if she's breastfeeding. Yeah. If your if your number one love language is physical touch, mm-hmm. she's likely not going to be able to provide that to the level that you were either used to or want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So A, make it a conversation though. Okay. And don't just sit back and say, well, I'm not going to get any of my needs met. It's about saying, okay, you know what? Physical touch, not just sexually, but 
intimate wise is important Mm -hmm. that everyone gets their needs met, but we have to make sure that we're communicating through the process. Because if we just assume, well, I'm not going to get my needs met and this is this, we start getting resentful at each other and Mm -hmm. she could be suffering through whatever she's going through. Really just making sure that everyone is communicating where they're at, I I think is one of the most important things. I love that. I love that. I'm actually taking a mindset mastery certification and we talk about the rational ego state versus the emotional ego state. And what you said is very important because if the man withdraws and gets a little pouty because he's not getting his physical needs met, if that's his number one love language, he's in an emotional ego state and and he needs to be in a rational ego state when when that happens so he can be understanding and empathic. So I really think that was very important. Well, we could talk about your book forever, which we, we I do want people to know how to get it. But I want to first thing I want to do is ask you those two final questions that I always ask, and then we'll launch into how people can uh, get in touch with you. So, you're sitting down with seven to ten year old Christy, and you want to give her some advice about life. What are you going to tell her? Don't let anyone else tell you what you're worth. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. And just be you. I love that. Authenticity. Okay. Put a different hat on, and you are now sitting with young Christy, the businesswoman, soon-to-be entrepreneur. What business advice are you going to give young Christy? Hmm. Ironically, that advice is very similar. Uh-huh. It's, okay. it's be you. Don't try to be anybody else. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't have to look like anyone else's journey. It's going to be your journey and don't doubt yourself in the process. Love it. Absolutely. I love it. Two great pieces of advice. All right. So now that the audience knows the essence of Christy Matusiak, let's give them, uh, ways that they could, uh, get more of you. Yeah. So, um, my website is just my first and last name, dc.com. So Christy Matusiak, dc.com, which will be in your notes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they can get the book off Amazon, Coordinating the Chaos Through Birth and Burnout. Um, I'm everywhere social media-wise. So I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok. Um, one of the things that I was talking about <laughs> earlier, is I'm going to be doing a music video. A music um, I actually. Video. Okay. I have one already from three years ago that uh-huh. I made a parody of, if you're familiar with the song, I'll be there for you yeah. by uh, Rembrandt's the friends theme. Yeah. I made a chiropractic parody of that. So I have okay. a YouTube channel as well. I have not done a lot of videos on there recently, yeah. but there's close to a hundred videos on there of content oh, right now. If anybody wants to go see that, that's called Dr. Christy cares, but that music video is on there and I'm working on another one wow. that is going to be another parody, which I'm going to leave, uh, leave for suspense and so when that's out you know about it (laughs) awesome awesome all right well christy thank you so much for for being here i'm so happy you're in my life and very grateful that we are uh connected and uh just keep doing what you're doing what you're doing is so valuable and um we'll spread spread the word so more people can get in touch with you sounds good thank you june i'm just as grateful to be in your world so thank you for all you're doing oh it's my pleasure all right everybody Take care, Christy, and take care, everybody. Be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe 
by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.